Good morning. It's January 18th. It's a sunny and warm day shaping up in New York City. And this is the Popular Cast with your host, Tom Skoka, taking a look at today's news, although not at today's newspaper exactly. This is one of those days when, for whatever reason, the paper didn't actually land on the doorstep. So I just had to call up the scan PDF page on the New York Times website to see what the front page would have looked like. So it's got yesterday's death succeed births in China story up top and something about the debt ceiling, an investigation into how servers unwittingly fund fight to limit their own wages. The one I took the jump on, I guess, if that's how you describe reading the webpage for a story after looking at a picture of the paper story, uh, was fate of Parthenon marbles rests in secret talks centuries later. One thing I learned from the story is that the things that I've been calling the Elgin marbles are actually the Elgin marbles, and Lord Elgin had a hard G. Beyond that, the takeaway seems to be that proceduralism is a rather thin and embarrassing kind of cover for naked imperialist abuse of power. Like, there really is not the tiniest bit of sunshine on Britain's side of the dispute over whether the looted pieces of the Parthenon that Britain stole from Greece should be returned to Greece. By this account, in the secret talks, the Greeks are saying, hey, why don't you give us back our sculptures that you took? And the British are saying, why don't we lend them to you? What if we let them go to Greece so that you can look at them while retaining our ownership claim on them? The story says, the British Museum's view is that it cannot offer more, even if it wanted to, the person with knowledge of its position said. Under British law, the museum cannot remove items from its collection unless they are unfit to be retained, though it is free to loan objects to other institutions. Thanks to reading this on the internet and not on the page, I could click through to an older story and click through from the older story to the text of the British Museum Act of 1963, where it says the trustees of the British Museum may sell, exchange, give away, or otherwise dispose of any object vested in them and comprised in their collections if, and then they can do it if it's a duplicate, they can do it if it's infested by destructive organisms, or the clause that the Times is referring to, in the opinion of the trustees, the object is unfit to be retained in the collections of the museum and can be disposed of without detriment to the interests of students. That doesn't seem all that ironclad if the museum were interested in finding a way to return the stolen property to Greece. Being stolen could certainly make something unfit if you wanted to look at it that way. And you could argue that it's detrimental to the interests of students to be looking at these sculptures torn out of their proper place in the Parthenon and decontextualized, or that the shame of being complicit in the theft has a detrimental effect on the students. Or you could argue that the British Empire was an infestation by destructive organisms. However you look at it, it's only a delicate and complex issue because the British don't want to face what an incredibly simple issue it is yet. Once the marbles are back in Greece, where they belong, everyone will be embarrassed that they ever pretended otherwise. What else? The food section has a piece about how malt liquor is being gentrified by craft brewers now. Inevitable. I hope they bring back the Mickey's grenade pull tops from the Mickey's Big Mouths. And in news online that came up too late for the print edition anyway, uh, it looks like Sam Bankman-Fried's stake in Semaphore was 40% or $10 million out of the $25 million that started it up. So that's where that news comes from. And that's today's news. And we will talk again tomorrow. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.